welcome to another episode of Opposites React. This is episode 8 on March 18th, 2020. I'm Sarah and I'm here with Tyler. Hello. Uh, we are here to talk about uh, the stuff we've done this week, which really has just been two things. <laughs> uh, Tyler, I'll let you go first because I'm sure you have stuff to say about MLB 20, the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so for those who have been following our podcast to this point, uh, the last <clears throat> seven episodes have been uh, primarily been talking about Apex Legends, which I've actually taken a bit of a break from the last four or five days because, uh, yeah, ever since MLB The Show 20 came out on Friday, early access for PS4, I have been all over that. It uh, Thankfully, it worked like a charm on uh, launch night, on uh, or midnight, I should say, on the launch. The servers were great. And uh, ever since then, I actually haven't had any real server issues. Last night was the only time that we had a bit of a spike, but that was to be expected because that was sort of the, the global launch um, for, for everybody else that didn't pre-order. So um, even last night, it was still functional. It was just really slow in the menus and stuff. So I, I got off a bit earlier than I planned to last night. But like I said, the gameplay so far has been amazing. That game is everything I could have wanted and more, and especially for all the baseball fans right now who are just craving mm. that that. They, they need their baseball fix with, yeah. with you know the season probably not starting till like June um, yeah it's definitely a really solid game and there's a lot there to keep you busy regardless of what you're interested in if you don't care about playing online you just want to collect the cards or play a franchise or road to the show um, they've added all these other modes this year and it's it's really cool there's a lot of variety are the menus as bad as what we normal because usually you always have a problem with the menus they are just big boxes and I can never find anything I think from, in my opinion this year and again I didn't play 19 a lot last year before, but since since I did go back and play MLB The Show 19 a bit in the last few weeks leading up to this launch I do I can say for comparison the menus in this one do seem a lot cleaner especially when it comes Good. to the missions and the programs the inventory still looks the exact same okay. like going through the cards on the teams and stuff yeah that wasn't too bad it was finding the modes and uh, yeah no i think it's to be honest most of the format is still the same as last year but they did make some improvements that i've noticed good. so that's good what's your um, favorite new thing they added favorite new thing um good. well there's a couple of subtle like gameplay things like for example they've um the hitting feels so good this year and i don't really know how to describe it well the biggest improvement is that um, there's always been a little feedback thing in the bottom left corner of your of your hud which I don't think you can turn off anyways, even if you wanted to, but it's there for a reason for feedback. So basically it'll tell you like, you know, so if I, so if I swing early at a change up and miss completely, it'll say like you swung too early. Right. Like if it, if, you know, if you fouled it off, it'll say weak contact or something. Now, if you hit up in the past, like last year, if you hit a ball really good, it would either say good, good, like it would say like good timing, good contact, or it might say like uh good timing squared up, which means you okay. hit it like right on the sweet spot right. of the bat, like right in the middle, like right down the middle. So this year they've had a new thing, which they call perfect timing. Okay. So uh, you can still have like a good, good swing, but that just usually means you line out right to an outfielder or something. I would assume squaring it up would be perfect swing. No, because even like squaring up, it just means you hit like the sweet spot of the bat, yeah. but you can still hit it directly towards the fielder. Okay. Generally speaking, I think every time this year that I've hit a perfect swing, it's always guaranteed to be a base hit at okay. least like you'll always it'll say perfect grounder perfect fly ball mm. now and the other thing they added too is when you when you hit, when you make this perfect perfect connection there's like an extra audio it's like a, the, the special ding. well not ding, it's like, a, like an aluminum bat <laughs> no there's, there's like a specific crack of the bat sound oh nice usually it's something you hear exclusively when you hit it when you crash crush a home right. run and honestly most time you are crushing a home run when you hit that, hear that sound but if you're using like a contact hitter and you just like smack one right up the middle like through the pitcher you can still get a perfect grounder and you hear that as soon as you hear that sound in your head you're just like yes like that's <laughs> exactly what i needed um so that's a nice feature I don't know, for some reason this year the fielding feels kind of wonky like um 
don't know. I think like in last year's game, it felt like when your outfielder was going towards the ball, like they would almost sort of like they'd be like a lock-on mechanic. Like the game would almost like magnet, uh, magnetize you towards where the ball was going. Okay. This year, they don't really have that. Sometimes you're taking a route towards the ball, and you're thinking to myself, uh-huh. you're thinking to yourself, okay, like is this guy going to put up his glove and catch this? Because sometimes you just like kind of like you just like I've literally seen stuff on Reddit clips where like people like try and track a ball in center field, and like they'll like their guy will reach up for it with the glove, and it'll just like bounce off his head. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, so like you can't control the glove. It's not like any kind of no. mechanic where you can use the analog stick to. It's just it comes down to obviously fielder skill. Like they really put an emphasis on that this year. Because I think right. in the past people would manipulate the lineups too much by playing a guy out of position. Yes. Just to get a better bat in the lineup. Yeah. So in, in the past, whenever you like, if, if a guy was primarily a center fielder and you play him in left field, he'd always take a bit of a defensive uh, hit right. for it. But he was still useful in left field. Maybe he just wouldn't be as good. But this year, it's like if you play a guy out of position, it, 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 it they take a hit. Like <laughs> if you're playing a guy who normally plays right in left field, uh, well, there's two ways to look at it though too, because obviously every almost every player has like a secondary position. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing a guy at his secondary, your drop isn't that bad. Maybe you lose five, six points off your fielding. But if you're playing him way out of position, like if I'm playing a second baseman in center field and he doesn't have that option, his fielding goes down to like useless. Like, mm. So that's nice. that they, Especially when you're playing online, these people just want to stack their lineups. You know, positioning is important. I think the biggest thing though this year, the coolest new feature, which is it's pretty divisive actually. In the, I mean, the game's only been out for five days, but it's already pretty divisive, is they've had a new mode called Showdown. Now, again, it's completely optional. You don't have to play it. The reason why it's divisive, though, is because the mode is linked. So every year, it will be the show. And to their credit, I'll give the studio credits, um, San Diego Studio. They always have a good way of – they don't want the game to feel stale, so they always change up the programs and give you different mission structures and stuff. So, like, I remember in 20 – and that will be the show 18. They, that game was all about the grind. Like you were, yes. you, you didn't have to play online if you didn't want to, but you, if you were offline, you were grinding a ton of stats to get these cards. And last year, they didn't want to grind so much. So last year, they kind of pushed online a bit more to play online against people to get better cards. And um, and they also tweaked the structure system to like where now you do certain missions, you get stars, and then as you mm. get stars, you level up like an XP thing. And so they okay. have that, they have that same system back this year. So for example, like they have something called the first inning program, which each program usually lasts about a month. So like after a month, they call it the second inning program and vice versa. So the first inning program, essentially the goal is to get 300, 300 stars and you get like, you're going to unlock like a legend player, like a 93 diamond or something. Okay. So you get stars by, you, technically speaking, you can accumulate stars just by playing the game heck. Be, I was going to say hell of a lot. I don't know why I said heck. Uh, <laughs> uh, I heck like, of a lot. I'm swearing. But <laughs> uh, like, I think the rule is for every three innings you play, you get one star. Regardless okay. of what you're playing. So if you play a conquest game, three innings, you get one star. Okay. So obviously to get to three hundred inning to get three hundred stars just by playing, you have to play a ton of innings. Right. But it's possible. But they've also added things like I I know some of the missions I did already was like um like win ten online games you get fifteen stars. In any oh, online right. mode. I was gonna say okay. like can this be battle royale? Yeah, battle royale ranked. events, ranked, whatever. Okay. So there's there's one for winning ten online games, which I've already done. There's one for winning ten specifically ten ranked games, which I'm almost mm. halfway there. I'm four and oh so far unranked. Although it'd be funny, three, three, and again, I'm not tooting my own horn because <laughs> everybody starts off at the same level. Like you all start off in like they call it spring training ball. Mm. So you're like obviously there's some skill based matchmaking going on. They're putting you up against somebody that has like a legend squad. If you're in, you know in spring training, right? But um, so so far I'm four zero, but three three of my wins have been rage quits. Like I, oh, I haven't right. even gotten through the third inning in some of these games. People are just quitting out early, and I'm like, because from what I can tell in ranked, unless they changed from last year, like if you lose a game in ranked. Um, it's like to compare it to Apex, I guess, for playing Apex. Like in Apex ranked, you always start off a match at a negative and you have to work your way into a positive, right? right? In this game, 
Um, so let's say I have 200 rank in MLB The Show right now. Uh, if I lose, if I lose, if I play the whole nine innings and lose the game, I don't lose any rank. I stay at 200. Okay. Um, we had to play the whole nine innings. Right. If I quit out or, like, you can offer someone a friendly quit, right. which means the game doesn't uh-huh. count, but most people don't fall for that. So uh, if you just want to quit out because you rage quit or whatever, then uh, from what I can tell, I think it does matter what level you're at. But so far, the people that have rage quit on me, they've lost, like, 60 points off Ooh. of their score. Okay. And every time I've won, I've won somewhere around 70 or 80 points. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, Big hit then. Yeah, it is. And it, yeah, just, it discourages that kind of thing. But yeah. Um, Anyway, what was that? Showdown mode. Why showdown? It's yes. Okay. So, so showdown <laughs> is a new mode where you, it's sort of similar to BR. You draft a team, um, not a full team because pitching doesn't really matter too much in showdown. Like there's some pitching challenges, but mostly it's a hitting type of mode. It's based on hitting challenges. So you're drafting a team BR style and then you go through these challenges. Um, I don't know how to explain this the best way to make it simple. There's blue challenges and red challenges. Blue challenges are like really like mini missions. It'll be like um, get two hits in one inning or like score three runs in a three inning game. Like the, and they always start off with like rookie and go up to veteran all star difficulty, right? So the, the first few missions are always pretty easy and they're designed that way because you're supposed to um, you know build up some confidence with your team and as you win these little challenges, you you get you can unlock more cards. Like you draft another round of cards for your team or they actually added something like that. They added perks this year, so you can equip three perks to your team. Stuff like um, your team gets better contact when they're behind the count or better contact with runners on base, that kind of thing. Okay. So you have to think about what, based on the mode you're playing. They're like buffs. Yeah, the buffs. So anyway, so when you get these, so usually what happens is you play a couple of these blue challenges and every time you win a blue challenge, you get uh, you get a showdown run added to your total. Now what that means is you start off, every showdown run you start out, you're down 15 runs against an opponent. And the idea is to accumulate as many runs as you can building up to the final boss so that when you go into that mm-hmm. final match you know, calling, they call them bosses too when you're going into the final match the idea is you've done enough challenges along the way to build up a run so that your deficit is maybe only you're maybe only down six seven runs instead of oh, 15 okay you can technically just skip straight if you're copying you can skip straight oh, to the end goodness you can skip straight to the end and say okay i'm gonna get 15 runs and yeah. 20 outs on okay. all-star which wow. hey people have done it i mean if you're good huh? enough for the game if you're patient enough you can do it right. but yeah drop the right people yeah, but even then, like when you I think when you draft initially, you can only draft seven players, and maybe like six oh. of them are really good. So you're not going in with a full roster if you're going straight to the end. You're going still, in with then like you're good with six players. It's a yeah, yeah. You, you saw you, you can still do it. I'm just saying it's the way the game, the way the mode is designed to be played for people that want to spend an hour or so doing it at a time. Is you go through these challenges, you build up the run total, you draft more players. Like I did it last night when I was playing the um because so again going back to the first inning program with 300 stars. If you beat the first inning showdown mode, you get 70 stars, which is a lot. Like most challenges get you 10, 5 stars. Like 70 is a lot for doing the showdown thing. So uh, I tried it last night and I went through all the challenges. I think I only failed one of the like blue challenges. So I did most of the challenges. And then, so what happened is like there's two of these little red mini bosses before you get to the big boss. Now, if you lose, on, if you lose the blue ones, it doesn't matter. But if you lose on any of the red ones, your run's automatically over and you have to restart oh. your whole draft. And it costs you 500 stubs to enter. So it's, it's not like free. A, a dungeon hmm. and roguelike. So what I did last night is I played a couple of blues, beat the first red boss, played a few more blues. And when I got to the second red boss, I skipped it. Because at that point, I was only down like eight runs to the boss, to the final boss. So I thought I didn't want to risk losing to the second mini boss, losing all my progress. So I figured... I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna try and go right to the end and see how it works. All I need to do is get like, was it seven or eight? Seven runs and 15 outs. Okay. But it's against a really good pitcher. Like it's an all-star yeah. Royal as well. So you're like, okay. So here's the other. Here's the other thing. The other annoying thing with the first inning showdown is that there's like an RNG element to it, because you can face one of three bosses at the end. 
There's uh, a Royals wallet, which is like the hardest card to go up against. Then there's like a Kenley Jansen, and then there's a, a German Marquez from the Rockies. He's the easiest one. If you get the Rockies guy, you're laughing. Okay. Because he's like a silver card. His stats kind of suck. And if you can wear him down, especially at Coors Field where the ball just flies, right? it's almost impossible to lose, if you go, even if you're going with like a 10-run deficit. But I went in against like a 7-run deficit against the hardest pitcher. So I tried to wear him down because that's what all the strategies I read online say to do is like try and take try and work the guy deep in accounts if you can if you can see five or six pitches per at bat you'll wear the guy down right because as because the thing is like the cpu can't can't sub out pitchers in this mode oh so he's stuck so if you tire him out if he, if he runs out of energy he's going to start going to throw fastballs down the middle right so that's the idea but the problem with this oswald guy is he's got like 110 stamina <laughs> so even though i wore him down to like 80 pit, i got 80 pitches through like eight outs or something and he was still throwing hard i'm like oh my gosh so like eventually i'm just gonna because sometimes i'd be like in an o2 count he's just throwing like stuff on the corners and like right. now i gotta start fouling everything off and just hope i get lucky so i did actually manage to I started out pretty good, and then I kind of went through a slump where I was just being too over-eager, swinging and everything, and then eventually I was down like three runs of three outs left, and the heart of my lineup was up. So I managed to tie it at 15-15. You, you have to win, not just tie. You have to beat the, the opponent. So I tied it, and I had one batter left, one out left, and it was Otani at bat. And I was like, please, please, please. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just I pressed too hard, and I struck out. So mm. that was a bummer because I probably spent like over an hour on that run. So I am going to try it again tonight, hopefully. An, what is the reward for failing? Like the So, I mean, the nice thing is, again, if you, like I said, there's a 500 stub entry fee. Oh, okay. Now, as long as you beat the first red boss, you get your 500 subs back. Okay. So it's more of a time sink than anything. It's yeah. not like you're not losing, unless you're... Well, you beat like two bosses. Do you get anything for beating the two bosses? Yeah, if you can, if you can beat the second boss, I think you do get like a pack, like a, 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 a regular show pack and like maybe 750 subs or something. Okay. But again, there's just that extra risk of like, do you want to push your luck yeah. to the second boss and lose a lot of progress? Yeah. So, I don't know, depending on how I feel tonight, I may take a crack at the second boss. Like, especially if I know I'm going up against that freaking Oswalt again. Like, you don't know till you get to the final boss, right? Like, no, no. Like, as soon as you start your draft, Oh, so it why tells wouldn't you, you just, like, exit out? When, when well, you then you lose your 500. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. once you enter the thing to do your draft, you're gonna that, your 500 subs are locked in, so you can't just... It's it's not until actually after you draft, then it'll show in the bottom corner which opponent you're facing. Yeah, you be like, oh, crap. So I think tonight, <laughs> if I get the Oswalt again, I, maybe I'll try the second boss to get some more run support. Right. Um, but if it's one of the other guys, I'll probably just do that method again and hope for the best. Um... Yeah, so that's, that's showdown. It's uh, now there are other again. There's um, other showdown modes too. I haven't even gotten to yet because I'm kind of doing it and doing it chronologically here. They, they give you a starter showdown program to teach you the basics, and that one's just free to enter. Yay! And they're really easy missions. Like literally, the first one is just like get on base in an inning. Doesn't matter how, just get on base or like get a hit in an inning. It's like okay, so it's like literally walking you through the basics if you're like a beginner, and then you get to the end of, the end of that program. You actually get a decent like gold um, legend starter pitcher for free, for for free basically. Okay. So. It's nice to do the starter program to get through the basics of, the, of how the mode works. And then when you try the first inning one, then they ramp up the difficulty. And then after that, they have separate showdown challenges for each division. So like uh, AL East, AL West, AL Central, okay. etc. So there's six more challenges to go. And now those ones cost a thousand subs to enter. Oof. But again, if you're good, you can earn the subs back. And, yep. Okay. But uh, so the whole reason for these showdowns, you're probably wondering, okay, so I already explained, you get 70 stars for doing the first inning thing. Yeah. Now, you can only do it once. You can't, like, repeat the first inning showdown and keep oh, getting okay. 70 stars every time. I, you know what yeah, I mean? Right. <laughs> but for the other divisions, the reason they have these divisional showdowns and why they're harder, why they cost more, is because each team, this was in last year's mode too, they had something called Team Affinity, which is just basically, if you if you're, so if you're uh, a Yankees fan, let's say, and you stacked your roster with Yankees players, like playing whether you're playing Conquest or online or, or events or whatever you're playing, you accumulate stats with those players, like inning stats, hitting stats, and then you get 
again, you get points or stars, whatever you want to call it. I think they call them stars still for that too. As you accumulate stars for for your team, you unlock better cards for that team, like exclusive cards, like a rookie card or a legend card or something right. like that, right? Stuff that I don't think... Now, see, I'm not sure how last year worked, but I know this year the card, these cards that you earn, you can't sell them on the market. So you can only earn them through... Well, they had problems with that. Yeah. But so they have... So again, with these um, team affinity challenges, when you get to 50 stars, you unlock like a diamond player for, they call it face of the franchise so it's okay. a team that you identify with that franchise so for you example a player that you identify with that sorry franchise. a player that you identify with that team that specific franchise so like for the blue jays it's vladimir guerrero jr okay because of, of the current players on the roster yeah, so like i was he's, gonna say are these like the current players current players only current, yeah. okay it's like the giants it's buster posey obviously yeah. um it's mike trout Angels. No, well, that wouldn't make sense because he already has a diamond live card. So they thought of that. So in this case, Otani. Otani is the uh, the Angels one you get. Not Pools. Pools would have been an interesting choice, but I, think... I know his current stats would not make it so good. Mm-hmm. But I I would maybe associate him more than Otani still. Well, the thing is, Pools he's not really the face of the Angels. Like he's a great player, but he's not really like when you think Angels, you don't think Albert Pools. I do. <laughs> um. <laughs> And again, people love the Otani card because I mean he can hit well, yeah, and pitch. Exactly. He's a, a He's dual a threat. Utility. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So so again, when you do these um, divisional showdown challenges, so if you beat the the, the main boss of that one, you get um, is you, it the same structure like two bosses? Yeah, in the middle? it's always the same structure. And then those ones, I don't think have RNG though. I think those ones, the boss oh, is fixed. Okay. It's only this one. Their programmer is three different bosses. But uh, in these divisional divisional showdowns, when you beat the boss, you get uh, team vouchers you get get five vouchers so for example i think and i think they're worth five points each so if you wanted to you could put all the vouchers towards one team and get 25 points right off the bat okay so basically if you beat the divisional showdown twice so if you're again if you're a yankees fan and you you really want to get the 50 stars you get that glaber torres which is a disgusting card look at the stats on it (laughs) i assume disgusting is good in this case yes (laughs) um then you so if you beat the showdown mode twice you'll have enough um vouchers to basically get the torres for right like without having to grind all the other stats right. out. You can also play March or October and stuff, but that takes a long time. So if you're good at the showdown mode, or if you just want to skip straight to the end, you're good enough to beat it without having to go through all the other oh stuff, boy. then yeah, you can really rack up these cards easily. So it's an interesting mode. It's caused a lot of frustration to people just because people think the mode's kind of rigged, like in terms of... Um, the amount of stuff you get for it? No, it's just like... So they they say you're playing on veteran all-star difficulties, but if you're playing veteran all-star on, on any other mode... You can usually hit better than you can in this mode. Uh, like, it feels like they maybe tweak something behind the scenes I to make see. this mode a little harder. Which again, I wouldn't put past them because again, if they're charging a thousand subs per entry on these and they want people to keep playing them, yeah. playing them, playing them, then that's a way to rack up some microtransactions without yeah. actually having to even buy any cards, right? right. So, but for now, like I said, I think they're sure, and I'm sure they'll add many more as the season goes on. Like I said, there's already a lot, to, a lot of content to start out with. <laughs> We're not even a week into the, yeah. the launch yet. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, that's. Uh, It'll be the show. That's, all, that's what I got for now. I'm sure I'll have more to tell you next week once I... <laughs> once you spend another, like... I think I probably hours. spent... I didn't look at it this, this uh, today, but I think last night... Because, um, again, it tracks, obviously, your hours played in the... in the. There's a there's a, a thing on your profile that tracks how long you're playing. Now, I don't know if it counts menu time or not. Like it's, 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 so. it's not a running clock. So uh. it's... Like, it'll, it's a static number, but... For now, I think it said something like 35 hours for me. That's definitely menu time, too, I would think. But you're stuck at home, so what are you going to do? Right. Anyways, that's what I got for the show. How about uh, you got a new game yesterday? Uh, I got Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. Um, I love Mystery Dungeon games. They're so like divisive, but... 
What? I haven't played them before. What makes them so different from like a, a mainline Pokemon game? They're not even close. No, I know, I know, <laughs> I know that. But I'm just saying, like, what's the gameplay hook on um, Mystery Dungeon stuff? Have you seen me play like Shiren or Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon before? That's okay. I think kind of. Yeah. You're like you're given a um, randomly generated dungeon. Mm-hmm. Items are placed everywhere. Enemies, but okay. So you are placed in this dungeon with a partner Pokemon. Every time you move, an enemy moves. It's like a grid. So isn't that kind of like the um, Cadence of Hyrule? The enemies move kind and you of, move? Yes. Kind of, yes. When If you do the fixed beat mode, right. yes. So you're, it's pretty much that. You've, you're collecting Pokemon through that. If they, You're doing a whole bunch like, of quests. What, you're fighting other Pokemon? Or you're fighting, yes. Okay. Because some Pokemon are just not nice right now. So we made a rescue team. I am a Cyndaquil. My buddy's a Squirtle. Uh, and we are just starting out. So we don't get that many missions because nobody knows about us. But we're going to get really popular soon. That's all. Now, I, I know these these games have, what, primarily been on like DS and 3DS before? This is the yes. first time it's been on like a main Nintendo yes. console? Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm excited, though. It's, it's a remake of the first one that was on a Game Boy Advance DS split, hmm. the Rescue Team and Red Rescue Team. Um, but there's a lot of quality of life things they added, and it's a cute little art style. Uh, and the end game is a lot different, and it's a lot more beefy. So I'm excited to get into that because I could play the Mystery Dungeon games for hours. And this is really a stopgap to get me to Animal Crossing, let's be honest. Mm, of course. So, <laughs> But Animal Crossing is a thing where you only play two hours a day at max. So this is like going to be the, when I'm not playing Animal Crossing game. Well, you could play Animal Crossing more than two hours a day, right? Um, it depends like when you play because shops will eventually close and, think, mm. and people will stop running out of things they want you to do for them. But when you're saying playing two hours a day, you don't necessarily mean two hours in one sitting, right? You mean you could play like an hour in the morning, an hour at night kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, well, things will change through the that's day. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, you don't know who's outside and you don't know what's in the shops and you don't know like what bugs are out at what time, what fish are out at what mm-hmm. time. So I'll have the guide coming in April for all that. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I'm super duper excited. But uh, right now, Pokemon Mr. Dungeon is doing its job and getting me through the waiting period, <laughs> which seems very long. I just want to come out now. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, well, unfortunately, I don't have anything else to report. Mo- I haven't seen any new movies or I haven't, unfortunately, watched any more Hunters recently because I've just been busy with MLB. <laughs> um, Yes, and, and I mean, you don't watch anything either, obviously, because we usually watch stuff together. Yes. Yeah, so, nothing on that front. So, I guess um, we can just kind of jump into our next yeah. topic, which would be... Now, um, I think we probably alluded to it last week. We were going to do a our, our actors... I don't know what to call these things. I don't want to keep Retrospective? saying... Retrospective? I was going to say introspection. I think that's what you call it. Sure. I trust you. I don't know. So... <laughs> We were going to do Colin Farrell this week. I was looking at his, so when I was at work today, I was looking at his filmography again. And cause I know I've seen probably at least a half dozen of his movies, and I've heard of all the other ones he's done. And I like the fact that he's got a lot of variety. Um, but I haven't seen a lot of his stuff in the last five or six years. Mm. And the stuff that I have seen in the past, you haven't seen many of. So I figured maybe we'll put him on the back burner for now. I do think he still is an underappreciated actor. He's got to catch up. Yeah. So we will leave him for now. So Who is it going to be? So you had mentioned me earlier. You said, "Well, why don't we find an actress?" Because we've we've only talked about actors mainly. So I I, I did a lot of work, a lot of uh, looking at work today for. I was being really picky because lots of good actors out there could have chosen. But again, I'm trying to pick one who has 
um, got gotten a lot of award recognition, maybe not a lot of wins, but a lot of recognition. But who I still Always think is the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah, but who I still think is underappreciated and has a decent. I'm trying to look for someone that has at least like 20 years of film oh, history. Okay. There's a lot of good young actresses I could have chosen, but I'm like, well, we've only done like two or three films we've yeah. seen. Like I was initially thinking, Little Miss Sunshine. I was initially thinking Margot Robbie would Who's be a that? good choice. The uh, Harley Quinn. Okay. Because, Which house has she been in? Well, that's what I mean. She knows <laughs> stuff, but okay. Well, a few off the top of my head. Again, because she's still fairly young. She's, I think she's only like 29 or something. So okay. she's done. So, I mean, her, 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 her first kind of breakthrough role was The Wolf of Wall Street. She, okay. She was DiCaprio's yes. woman in that one. Yes. And then she did. Um, and after that, she DiCaprio's did. DiCaprio's woman. <laughs> well, I can't remember her name in the movie, unfortunately. What is that? The heck is her name? Uh, Not even girlfriend, just woman. <laughs> Well, no, wife. She was his wife okay. in the film. I'm, I'm trying to remember her character's name. Naomi? What was he? It was Naomi. But um, so then after that, she did Suicide Squad, where I think yeah, oh, she yeah. she played a great Harley Quinn. And I heard Birds of Prey is amazing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she also did, uh, she played Tanya Harding in that I, Tanya movie. You know, the figure skater. Sure. You know who Tanya Harding is? No. All right, well, that's lost, Tanya. It's good thing we didn't choose this one, then. <laughs> um, so anyways, went through a bunch of different actresses. I also considered Rachel McAdams. I thought of her too. But I don't know. you haven't seen a lot of her stuff lately. For, for lately? you, for you, you're thinking obviously Mean Girls. Well, or, yeah, best movie ever. Or maybe The Notebook. Game Night. Well, that was a recent one. Yeah. I don't. Know. Oh, she was in Sherlock. She was in Sherlock. Yep. Um, personally, I think my favorite role that I liked her in, just because again, I have a preference for brunettes over blondes. I think the only movie she actually played a brunette in was Wedding Crashers. Oh. She was great in that one. I saw that one too. Yep. So yeah, again, she's definitely, I think she's underappreciated too, but uh, I didn't go with that one for now. So the one okay. I chose. I don't know who it is. I'm excited. I don't well, I don't think it'd be excited because you haven't seen a lot of her output, but you know who she is, obviously. Well, and I'd like to learn. there's a couple we can discuss. So for me, uh, again, to be honest, when I looked at her, not her history, filmography? her filmography, I was looking at her, like her, mostly her acting credits and awards. So this actress has. Um, Are you doing like she, the MLB? Like, hey, this is a diamond card. This is what they've done, and this is who it is. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, so she has seven Academy Award nominations and one win. So she's won, but one for seven is Nicole kind of Kibben. a no. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kate Winslet. Oh my God, we're talking about parts of the Caribbean people. Is that okay, Kate Winslet? Okay, we're already off a bad start here. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Kira Knightley. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Kate Winslet. Okay. I, okay. I don't know any of her movies. Well, okay, when you think Kate Winslet, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Yeah. Parts of the Caribbean. No. I know, because I'm already wrong. So that's what the first thing was. So not Titanic. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. What about, I've seen that one. What about Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind? I did not remember her in that one. What? Okay. I saw the movie once, and I was like half asleep. Well, you need to watch it again then. Well, I'm sorry. <sighs> Anyways. Her one, her one win was for... Uh, a movie she did back in 2008, 2008 called The Reader. She does a lot of dramatic films. Yes. It's, uh, she's done maybe a couple like rom-coms, comedies, but she's mostly stuck in these dramatic, uh, some period roles too. Yes. Like she's not doing all like the Downton Abbey kind of stuff, but like she's done a few like British period pieces. So um, did you not, see, you didn't see the most recent uh, Steve Jobs movie? No. Because she was in that one. She was really good in that one too. I would like to see it. Yeah. Maybe on Netflix. I'm not sure. So I saw the first Steve Jobs movie, not the second Steve Jobs movie. Wait, you saw the Ashton Kutcher one? Yeah. No, what was the second? Wait, what did I'm we th- watch? I'm talking about the Michael Fassbender one. Yeah. I watched one of them. So the, we didn't watch the Ashton Kutcher one. So you definitely saw the one I'm talking about. Then, okay, ones that was in it. She's playing his assistant. Oh no, that was good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay, I saw that one. I thought that was the first one. 
I thought the Ashton Kutcher one. Was I think the Ashton Kutcher one did come out chronologically first. It came out a couple years earlier, but it wasn't very well received. Oh, maybe I just skipped it then. Yeah. So, again, going back to her. So let's look at her filmography here. So again, she. So ninety-seven Titanic. That was her breakthrough. I mean. Oh. I didn't know that was her breakthrough. Yeah, she's like a couple she? small. Uh, so she's forty. She's forty-four now. So she was really young uh, at the time. She would have like been. 20, she was like probably twenty twenty-one at the time. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, she was pretty young at the time. Um. Next notable one, I mean, for me anyway, she was nominated for an Oscar for something called something that came out in two thousand and one called Iris. It was a British uh, drama with like Judy Dench and, and Kate well, Winslet. You always get, but yeah, for me the one that definitely like cause again this would have came out. So this came out in two thousand four. I'm trying to think, I would have been seventeen. So it was like I was in high school. So I think this film definitely had a, an impact on a lot of like teenagers or younger people in their 20s stuff this movie because like i don't know it just it had a really good portrayal of like young love like complicated love like with the whole thing with like so the, the idea behind that movie is jim carrey falls in this love this is another jim carrey one you really? said eternal sunshine yeah so i mean another one oh another that's what we're one. talking about i thought i'm talking about iris still no no eternal sunshine we're talking sorry. About. sorry i said 2004 that's why i, I was lost. prefacing i got okay. lost so in this film, she so she, she plays. <laughs> um, she plays a, a woman named Clementine, who is a uh, uh, like an interesting character. I'm trying to think how to best describe her. She's very like aloof, like she's just sort of like drifting out of relationships. Like yes. I think she works at like a library or bookstore or something. So Jim Carrey eventually meets her on a train, and they chat it up. They develop a relationship. They fall in love. But then they 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 break up. They have like a huge fight, and then. This movie has a little bit of like some sci-fi in it because there's, like, there's this idea, there's this procedure where you can have memories erased from your right. from your brain. Oh, didn't they erase each other? Right. So the idea, well, the she went first. The idea is right. she went in to have her memory erased of him, and then uh, he found out about it through a friend. So he went to this doctor's clinic that does this procedure, and he wanted to get, do this because he was heartbroken over her. He wanted to do the same thing. So the whole movie is really cool because it plays through as these memories are being erased. We're seeing the memories. So he he's like. It's almost like we're inside his brain. He's reliving reliving these memories with her, and he's, he's after after a while he's aware that he's in these memories because he's like, I remember this. Like, why am I here and stuff like this? And right. then like, it's not supposed to happen. Like, even the doctor says this isn't part of the procedure. Like his brain is having a malfunction or something. <laughs> uh, so they have to like sedate him to uh, to erase the memories again and stuff. And uh, but as he's in the, he's in his memories, he can like interact with her and do things differently. Like, oh. he, like they're having a fight, and he's like, I want to do this memory differently, right? But then sometimes like the, there's like a really cool moment near the end of the film where. Like he knows it's one of his last memories. So he knows he's gonna like lose her soon. He's gonna lose every bit of her. So he's they're in this house. They're at this beach party and they they ran away to 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 leave the party and go like they broke into like the, not broke in but they they went into this cottage that was unoccupied and they just sort of like you know the, she was like looting around for like oh let's find some alcohol or something. He's like no we shouldn't be here it's bad and then so you know they had this fight and then she's like well then just leave. So he walked out the door and then that was like the last time he saw her. So they're in this house and the house starts crumbling because his memory is he's losing the uh. memory. So it, in his mind the memories the house is deteriorating and and eventually like he he knows so she whispers something in his ear. And then I think at the end of the film, I won't give anything away because it's a really good movie, but there's at the end of the film, it's almost like they like they meet again for the first time with no prior knowledge of each other, like they're strangers again. But in the back of their mind, it's almost like they, they, there's a little bit of the memory that's still there. They remember they had a relationship. And then it's actually revealed that when they end up... Um, they end not giving up, anything away. Yeah, no, you're right. So <laughs> I won't go there, but it's a really sweet movie. Really good. Like it's one of the movies you have to watch a couple of times because the first yes. time you're watching it too, I it's, saw it once and yeah. I, I didn't know I could do what was going on. But, but now that uh, you explained it, it's like, oh, that makes more sense. I thought she was great in that film. She was great in that film, particularly because um, 
her character is like sometimes like you hate her character she thinks she's just being a jerk and other times you sympathize with her and she plays through a lot of different emotions in that film like she, sometimes she's funny sometimes she's sweet sometimes she cries and you know she, that's one thing she's actually really good at too in a lot of films she's a good crier <laughs> Um, which I give actors, like male actors, a lot of credit Ooh, yeah. for. So I got to give her some credit Hugh for that Jackman too. cried, I believe, in the fountain. Yes. He cried a lot in that movie, actually. <laughs> uh, we're not talking about that one right now. So yeah, but it's almost sunshine a great film, and she's really good in it. Uh, surprisingly enough, that wasn't one. She wasn't nominated for that one, but I thought she deserved a nomination for that one. Was anybody nominated for that one? It got an Academy Award for Best Screenplay. Oh, oh. I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I am wrong. She was nominated for that one. I didn't, Why didn't I see it on the list earlier? Because you're cray-cray. I am cray-cray. So she was nominated for that one. Okay. So, anyways, yeah, good, really good film. I mean, again, I'm not. I know we kind of like gloss over Titanic, but I feel like everybody's even seen or heard of Titanic. Like you again, know the story. well, Titanic's a good movie, but she, she wasn't particularly great in it. She, she was, did her role. She did a role, yeah. yeah but, but I'm just it saying, wasn't like, really a shining role. That yeah, do much with. So, um, after that, let's see. Another really good movie she did. You have, you definitely haven't seen this one, <laughs> unless you watch it without me. But in uh, 2006, she did a movie called Little Children. And it's a movie about. Um, so she's going through like a failed marriage. She has a child and uh, she's just unhappy. She's like a housewife and she ends up meeting, shakes her kid to the park. She meets another like a, a attractive guy her age there. And he also has a, he's married and has a kid. And so they develop like sort of this, they have these, obviously they have a, emotional chemistry and they have chemistry together. Like the right away that there's some attractiveness there. So they, but they're married and they don't really want to cheat. So eventually they do relent though. They have a couple, a couple of rendezvous. They eventually have an affair and then uh, the rest of the movie is just about her trying to do it. Like, she kind of wants to run away with this guy, but she feels guilty about leaving her, her child with her husband. And uh, so the movie's really, uh, again, she's really good in this movie because she has to go through a lot of different emotions. Um, the movie does, I, I won't spoil the ending for this one, but this one's also a really strong ending, too, um, where everything kind of comes full circle. And, you know, she eventually kind of makes the right decision, but you can tell it's going to haunt her the rest of her life. So that kind of thing. That was a really good movie. And I believe she was nominated for that one as well. After that, um, so like I said, she was nominated in 08 for that one called The Reader, yes. which I think has something to do with, oh, it's like some some guy has an affair with her, and then it turns out that um, uh, she's at trial stemming for her actions as a guard at a Nazi concentration camp. So she was uh, like a guard at a Nazi camp. I think the guy she had an affair with was Jewish or something, so it's one of these. Oh, yeah. That's not going to go down. Apparently, it was a really good film. She's not for, like I said, I haven't seen it. But um, after that, though, another good one she did the same year called uh, Revolutionary Road. I've heard of that one. Uh, that's her and DiCaprio. Yes. So again, reunited for first time since Titanic. Um, yeah, so that one is um, it's set in as a period piece. Not, well, yeah, sorry. So it's set in like the late 40s, early 50s. So she ends up. So she, again, she plays like sort of like the happy housewife to DiCaprio's character, who I think is like a salesman or an office guy or something. He just. So again, I think it's one of the, another one of those type of roles. So kind of some of the little children where she's unhappy in her marriage. There's no kids between her and DiCaprio, but she's unhappy with the marriage. She has an affair with a guy. And then, uh, but the whole movie is about, this whole second half of the movie is like her and DiCaprio are like at each other's throats. Like they have so many explosive fights in this film. She's really good at playing that angry, uh, like shouting housewife. Like she's really good at, <laughs> at uh, yelling. In, like is she married in real life? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. Like, but she, no, it, it, even, it even says on her, like, bio on Wikipedia here, it'll say, like, she's drawn to these roles of, like, angst-driven women. Like, she's okay. very good at being angry and, yeah. and you know. Yeah, I'm wondering where yeah. it all, like, comes <laughs> from. But, yeah, I remember, I've only seen this movie once. I remember it was a really good movie. and It had a really dark ending. Like, I won't spoil that, but it's, uh, it goes places. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she's really good in it. Um, this one, I though, I don't think... 
Yeah, she was she was not even for a Golden Globe for this one, but not for an Oscar. Mm. So I think she did some interesting movie choices, like smaller roles. Um, she she starred in a couple of those di- divergent movies. Remember that oh team? my gosh, yeah, that's yeah. more recent though. She played like... the villain in those ones. Oh, like the female, the corporate driven villain kind of. So I mean, I haven't seen those movies, but that was early teen years, right? Like two thousand. That was like after the Hunger Games movies, so it was like oh. 2014, 2015-ish, like around that period. Yeah. So like I said, so in 2015, she was in the Steve Jobs film yes. with Michael Fassbender. She played Jobs' assistant. Um, and I think in the movie she had to, cause in real life, it, again, it's based on true stories. So in real life, I think the assistant was like a, a European woman. Oh. Like not not British, so like a different, like a like Eastern European okay. kind of accent. So she played, she played the accent really well in that film. Like it was... Okay. She's really good at accents in a lot of films. Although in the next one I'm going to mention, she does kind of put it on a little thick. Okay. But um, but yeah, so in Jobs, she was in, sorry, not because Jobs was the Ashton Kutcher movie. Steve Jobs was the, oh my well, they had to name a different movie I otherwise. Know, I get it, but. It's but so she was really good in Steve Jobs. Uh, and she got an Oscar nomination for that as well. Um, after that, and so in the next year in 2016, she was in a movie called Triple Nine. It was a good movie. It was a, it's a cop drama thriller movie. Really good cast. Casey Affleck, Woody Harrelson, uh, a bunch of other actors. Um, so she, so she plays not really a villain in this one. She plays like she's like the kind of like the mistress or wife, she a wife, mistress or girlfriend of one of the cops, and uh, or ex cops, I should say. It's movies about cops and ex cops. So she's like the mistress or the ex cop. She she plays a Russian woman. She has a very thick Russian accent in this okay. movie. <laughs> like I feel like she went to a Russian dialect coach and they put it on pretty thick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but she was good in it. It's nice to see her again. She like, plays these. She's really good at playing these roles where she's really villainous and like just rude, and you kind of want to hate her, but she's so yeah. good at it. So after that, to be honest, the um, output's kind of slowed down the last couple of years, or at least it's stuff I haven't seen. Uh, I think this one was no, it wasn't straight to Netflix, was it? She's in some Woody Allen film. It only had a big release, like a very wide release. She did a. She actually did a. It says in twenty eighteen year she did voice acting for like a uh, uh, a Ghibli film. Oh really? Yeah, but she has. She's going to be in a movie later this year. I mean, if it comes out, who knows what's happening with theater yeah, releases this year? True. But she's going to be in a movie later this summer that I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm not sure if she'll have a huge role in it because it's more of an ensemble cast. So she'll probably have like a five or six minute scene in this movie. But um, I didn't know she was in going to be in Avatar two. Oh. Yeah. So that's. I forgot about that movie. So again, like I said, I think. Um, you know, I mean, given the fact that she's only 40... Now, again, with Hollywood... Hollywood's gotten better the last few years, but Hollywood used to have that thing 10, 15 years ago where once you were a woman and you hit 40... Yeah, you're, you're, like a couple, your career was yeah. like... You weren't going to be getting big roles anymore. You were going to get typecast as like... You know, in... I don't know. I don't know what you want to say. Like, <laughs> like older roles, essentially, yeah. right? Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like that's shifted a bit. Now you see a lot more actors now that are acting well into their forties and fifties. Not just like the Meryl Streeps. I think they're and, into like more shows though than they true. are. True, there's more like HBO and yes. um, miniseries and yeah. stuff like that. Especially now with like Netflix and Amazon. I mean, there's so many more options for series. Yeah. But like I said, she's only forty-four and she's already racked up quite a resume. Like I said, seven Oscar nominations and one win, and and a few really good roles that stand out to me specifically. Um, I think she's still got a good future like for, for all i know she could be the next meryl streep i mean yeah the next no, 20 I years i could see like, it yeah she, 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 she blends in her roles really well she uh she can play she, she's done multiple accents before um i mean she like i said she is drawn to some types of specific roles um but i wouldn't mind seeing her branch out a bit and doing i'm not saying she's gonna like start doing action roles or anything but <laughs> doing like i don't know some thrillers some uh, oh, she's a villain 
Yeah, she's good. She's good. Accents. She's good as a villain. Yeah. I mean, she does a you know outside of of her acting, she does a lot of humanitarian work, um, especially with PETA and stuff. Like I said, I think she's been married twice. Oh. So the first one was where she got her angst from. She was initially married, actually, to... Um, so the, the, that one movie I had mentioned called Revolutionary Road, the one she yeah, did back in Leo. 2008 with Leo. She, that, the one who directed at the time was Sam Mendes. I know that We've name. mentioned him a couple of times already. He did... Uh, recently, he did... We well, did 1917 recently. Oh, you love Before that Before that, one. he did Spectre. Oh, you love that one. <laughs> he also did Skyfall. So I'll give oh, him that. Oh, you love that yeah. one. So she did marry him after they... Uh, I guess after they, they worked together on Revolutionary mm-hmm. Road. But that did not go well? Uh, I think they separated in 20... 20- 2010 or divorce year they didn't last very long yeah i think i think the act apparently the director had an affair with someone else so oh uh, and then she's married to someone else now or so oh, actually maybe Never uh, mind. well no like, so reading, i thought she only had two marriages reading this thing here it says despite her three marriages oh um so maybe she's had some it says but it says you're like she refuses to take acting jobs to take her away from her children for long periods she likes to schedule her films around their school holidays you know so she's conscious of that mommy I mean, again, I'm just bringing up Wikipedia here, but it says, like, several journalists consider her to be among the best actresses of her generation. Um, despite achieving stardom early in her career with the top grossing Titanic, she has rarely acted in, like, big-budget films. Yeah. Um, she actually a lot of smaller roles. Uh, DiCaprio personally said, he's starred with her in two different movies now, he considers her to be the most mo- the most prepared and well-researched actor he's, wor- actor he's worked with. Hmm. Um but it even says here, like, it's her own words. She said she is interested in parts, in portraying parts of angst-ridden women with strong dispositions, strong dispositions masking flaws and insecurities. She connects with women who are either finding their way out of a situation or questioning the big things in life. Um, it says here, too, this, I didn't want to mention this earlier because I didn't want to lead off with this as, like, a, a sexist thing to say, but she's admitting it to herself here. So... It's, again, this right off Wikipedia. It says, Winslet is known for her willingness to perform nude scenes. Yes, I remember that. Having done so in 12 of her films. Yeah. So, and it started off with Titanic. Yeah. Did it uh, really? You know, that's what every kid remembered about Titanic. Watch Not that movie. Not me. Was that scene where, like, DiCaprio was drawing a picture of her. She's laying naked on a couch or something. Oh. Yeah. So. Sure. I don't remember. But again, she she says, and other actors have taken this position too. She says um, she only does it if she considers its contribution to the narrative of the film. Like it's not just there for shock value. If it's actually a meaningful reason to have the nudity in the film, then she'll do it. Because she says she says she believes these if the, the, if these scenes are done well, she believes they can promote a positive body image among women. But she's beautiful. <laughs> yes, but at the same time, I don't think she is. She's not like the stereotypical model body, right? She's not like. You know, a hundred pounds like a twig. No, like she's, I get that. But she's, she has a normal body shape, which is, but yeah, no, she is definitely very attractive. I mean, so yeah, so that's so she's uh, she's a very multifaceted actress um, with a lot of a lot of range. Yeah, and, and like I said, I, I you know, I what I, big I, things come for her. I'm not, she's not one of those people that if I ever saw that she was going to be in a film or, I'd be like, or oh, oh, I don't want to watch that now. You know, yeah. like no, like I'm I'm always looking forward to what she'll bring to the table. <gasps> what. What about? Sorry, I just oh. thought of a new idea for somebody. Okay, I what? thought you'd like to do Shia. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? You say that now. I would be open to that, but I do want to see. He did two two really well received films last year, okay. so I'd want to watch those before I. Because obviously, like his career has gone through some real ups and downs. Yeah, um, like he's somebody that I think of if he was in the movie, I would say, uh. <laughs> so. Right. That's why I gave. I, I mean, the, the, he's my age, and I feel like if he can still turn around. And he's got enough talent that he could still have a really good career if he wants yes, to. Yes, even Stevens was wonderful. 
Yeah, we won't talk about chat right now, but that's an interesting idea for the future. We could talk about okay. that. But for now, like I said, wrap it up, Kate Winslet. Cute. Oh, yeah. It's right you seriously think you're Nightly again? Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is it just the K in the yeah. name that. Okay, because <laughs> they're not really that similar at all, other than both being British. I like, know. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. You do realize, like, if you're going to make a comparison, Kira Knightley and Natalie Portman look like twins. Really? I don't see Natalie Portman that often. Okay. Well, so much so that, okay, back when Star Wars Episode One came out, they were both in the film, Kira Knightley and Natalie Portman. They played each other because, like, Kira Knightley's character was all in makeup in that movie. She was playing, like, Queen Amidala or whatever. Okay. And so there's a part in the movie where they have to... Like they're playing a trick on the what the hell? It's not the Jedi. One of the bad guys called in that film. I don't even remember what they're called anymore. The Empire. The so, Sith. Sure. The yeah. Is it the Sith? Yeah. Maybe sure. So they're playing a trick on the Sith. So they they kind of swap out Queen Amidala. They swap out Kira Knightley with Natalie Portman. And when you put the makeup on Natalie Portman, she looks exactly like Kira Knightley. Huh. <laughs> like the they're twins. So if you're gonna make a comparison between the two, not Kate Wins and Kira Knightley. Uh, Natalie Portman was Black Swan. Yes. Oh, I did. I got one right. Good job. <laughs> Who else is in Black Swan? Remember? Other people? It was the other girl in Black Swan. The other... Yeah. I don't remember who that was. Oh. Mila Kunis? No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> no idea. Really? Yeah. Holy smokes. Okay. Okay. It's <laughs> a good movie. <laughs> I think you're just, like, sighing over my silly movie knowledge. It's fine. It's fine. I know this. That's why I'm here to learn. Exactly. I'm going to get it right. Exactly. I'm going to get it right one well, day. Sometimes you surprise me with some things you remember, I know. but I know. sometimes I have to roll my eyes. That's okay. <laughs> Kate right. Winslet. Yes. Okay. Go check her. Go check some of her stuff out. Any of the films I, re- I, rec- I recommended, even some of the other ones that I haven't seen. Like I said, I haven't seen The Reader. Um, that was what she won for. Right. And that's the one she won for. So, I mean, no. Yes. That was the one she won for. Yes. Sorry. You're right. I listen. Yes. You have a better memory than me, so that's why you remember these things. Okay. Um, what's What do we got coming up in the next week? Um, More of the show. Animal yeah. Crossing. Yeah. Um, I might check out one of those movies that are coming to the On Demand. Which one? The Hunt? I, I want to see both. I want to see The Hunt and The Invisible Man. Oh, that's my sister's. They saw that one. Mm-hmm. They liked it. They liked it? Okay. That other one that just came out recently, that uh, one for it, it had bad timing. It released like just before the fire, the theaters all started to close with the coronavirus thing. But that other Vin Diesel one that just came out called Bloodshot. Oh. Sony's bringing that to digital like next week, I think. Yeah. I th- so I, I might um, want to check that out too. I think uh, who makes? I, uh, there's a lot coming. I, I I listened to a news story this morning that said a whole bunch of movies are coming. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to do it. Yeah. So I'm glad that digital things are coming out early. So I I want to go watch Frozen Two now that it's out early. So I'll do that maybe soon this weekend. Yeah. No, I won't. It's Animal Crossing. <laughs> well, you said you're only going to play two hours a day. So what are you going to do the rest of the days on Animal Crossing? Think about Animal Crossing. <laughs> you sound like me in baseball. I know. When I'm at work all day, all I'm doing is making lists. How do I get all the kitty furniture? How do I get all the exotic <laughs> furniture? How do I get all the regal furniture? How do I upgrade my house faster? All these strategies you need to know. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've never understood the Animal Crossing appeal. It's just not for me. Hey, That's teach okay. their own. Your baseball game is not for me. Exactly. That's why Rob sits. And we react. <laughs> oh, I cringe. On that note, I think we'll wrap it up. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back same time next week. Boys. Bye. Bye.